five, four, three, two, beep. Erpy iPad app presents exorcism in your daily life. Registered trademark derivatives. Let's join Billy and his dad over in their typical Billville home breakfast nook, where Billy is explaining... Uh, You see, Dad, my philosophy teacher wants me to to produce this music video about derivatives and and Freud, and and I need to go practice ultimate ring ball with Bruce. Well, Bobby, I'm not allowed to talk about Freud anymore. Really? Or or ring ball. Gosh. But but derivatives are something else. They sure are, Dad. Uh, What are they? It's easy, buddy. You see, derivatives are contracts whose value is determined by, well, by something else. That's very philosophical, Dad. I'm trying. You sure are, Dad. So, what's a contract? Well, Teddy, for that, we'll have to doodle-dee-dee-doodle-doodle-doodle-doo on down to see Big Bill Brown there at what's left of the first National Bingo Bank. Golly! Doodle-dee-doodle-dee-doodle-dee-doodle-dee-doo. Well, hi, Mr. Brown. I'm here again. You sure are, buddy. What's at this time? Another question about the size of my fat bonus? I don't want to have to think about that ever again, sir. Mm-hmm. But but anyway, what's a derivatives contract, Mr. Brown? Oh, well, that's easy, son. It's a collateralized debt obligation, and that's a valuable product we bankers sell to hedge against risks. Do I have one, Mr. Brown? You won't even know what one is until you get an M. MBA, Bobby. You know, sometimes these entirely digital things we buy and sell here are called interest rate swaps, and and they help to protect us against abrupt changes in interest rates. You mean like the 29% my mom pays on her Kmart card? There's nothing your mom can do about that, Bobby. I I expect she'll have to lose her car. What about our food, Mr. Brown? Well, well, for that, Teddy, you better go see Farmer Jones down at the Chemical Corn Exchange Department. Well, Bobby, you see, I grow onions, and onions are the only cash vegetable crop that you can grow, but you can't bet on. I, I, I can't? No, sir, and there's a fine U.S. federal law to protect you from doing that. Golly. <laughs> what if Goldman Sachs a crap could sell those insane Wall Street gamblers and money-mad banking moguls on a deal to bet on the size of my bulging onion crop? Oh, is that like a metaphor, Farmer Jones? Stop imagining things, Bobby, and listen. All right. There are a lot of people who only care about the stuff they can bet on. Oh, that's very futuristic. Yep, it sure is. Let's say you bet the bank I'll grow 390 tons of onions. Gosh, okay. What'll that cost me, sir? 390 pink Monopoly dollars and eventually the whole international economy. Wow. Uh, Even the euro? That's sick. It sure is. Now, if you bet that I'm going to grow more tons than that... You go long. I really like to, Farmer Jones, but I'm only 13. I mean, place your bet, boy. Oh. Or you can go short and sell my onion contract to some other bozo. Oh, how can I sell it if I didn't buy it? Confusing, ain't it, Bubba? Yeah. And, and you know, that's the way they like it. Mm. But for the real poop, you need to Skype our most prominent futurologist, old Doc Infermo, the oh. famous exorcist yeah. down at the Homeland Infirmary Agency. Well, so, well, so Doc, I, I don't know what a derivative is, and, and I'm confused about contracts and obligatory collateralized d- d- debts, and, and well, well, what do you predict will happen, Dr. Infermo? We're doomed. Golly, again? 
Derivatives, another exorcism in your daily life iPad app from Murphy. Here's a juicy piece by Eric Simpson in the HuffPost. Sarah Palin recently claimed that American law should be based on the Ten Commandments. Glenn Beck, addressing the graduating students of the late Jerry Falwell's Liberty University, said that God's finger wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. God's finger wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. That is so patently absurd, I can't even deal with it. I suppose one might conjecture that the documents of the Founding Fathers were influenced indirectly by God via Enlightenment and deist thought, uh, parsed with the relics of Reformation dogma, but to suggest, even as a metaphor, that they were written by the finger of God, thereby granting America the status of a chosen theocracy, is innovative, to say the least. And absurd! For some reason, the most vocal Christians among us never mention the Beatitudes, but Often with tears in their eyes, they they demand, absolutely demand, that uh, the Ten Commandments be posted in public buildings. And of course, that's Moses, not Jesus. I haven't heard one of them demand that the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, be posted anywhere. Blessed are the merciful in a courtroom. Blessed are the peacemakers in the Pentagon. I think not. The advent and ascension of the fundamentalist evangelical right in America, as represented by Sarah Palin and Glenn Beck, presents an odd synchronism of religious sentimentality and political ideology that is no less a synthesis than the practice of voodoo, which is a cultural concoction of polytheistic, animistic, African tribal belief, and the religious ethos of exoteric Roman Catholic ritual. Yes, Sarah Palin and Glenn Beck are voodoo priests. The evangelical right doesn't accurately represent uh, either authentic Christianity or traditional conservative thought. The end result is an insidious conflation that combines apocalyptic fears with political zeal, posturing as religious fervor, a fundamentalist voodoo that is as superstitious and credulous as the voodoo practice in Haiti or in some sections of New Orleans. The evil in the world that is out to get us per the ethos of fundamentalist voodoo, always uses the tyranny of force, comes in the guise of government, bloodthirsty for the gray equality of an egalitarianism that lowers everyone to the level of dust and ashes. It wants to kill our babies and grandmothers, destroy our marriages, restrict our rights to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. They want to annihilate us, per George W., because they are jealous of our freedoms, or they want the power all for themselves, gradually leading the world. It stands to reason to embrace a one-world government controlled by the Antichrist. People like Sarah Palin and Glenn Beck make a huge personal profit, both politically and monetarily, by playing on the fear of the credulous and claiming this equals that when it plainly does not. Add to this the promise of manifest destiny, the clearly heretical doctrine that God wrote the founding documents of our country, the notion that we are a unique nation chosen by God to be a Christian nation whose laws are based on the Bible and the voodoo works its strange magic. The most malevolent evil, though, per Palin and Beck and their cohorts, is the government. There is apparently nothing more demonic than the Nazi-like, fascist, and antichrist political desire to steal our money via taxation. The irony here is thick. 
Love of money, according to the scriptures, is the root of all evil. Failing to love God and one's neighbor, and more according to Christ's failure to love one's enemy, is immoral. Investing your life in the abundance of your possessions is foolishness and idolatry. Well, that may be a little bit over the top, but there is an interesting equation there. It's far easier to politicize spiritual life and to blame and scapegoat someone out there, the homosexual, the socialist, the leftist, the fundamentalist, the African-American, the atheist, the Jew, the illegal alien, the other, the not me, than it is to blame oneself and to actually strive to be virtuous. As Alexander Solzhenitsyn writes in the Gulag Archipelago, If only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. And who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart? You know, Harper's Index often has just the piece of information that we need at a moment like this. Hit me. Okay. Estimated cost to locate, process, and deport all illegal immigrants in the United States. Are you ready? Yeah. $285 $285 billion. $285 billion. And, and now, of course, there, there's going to be more. I mean, it's going to be more. Even though they're going to be building this wall, they're going to have to import all of those illegal aliens to build that wall. Oh, I forgot about that So part. take that up to $300 billion. Yeah, $300 billion. Okay, round number up. Sure. That there you go. We just keep you know. We just keep spending it. It's th- well, that's nothing. Don't we throw that away in Afghanistan like every week? Afghanistan, I understand, is becoming now officially more expensive than Iraq. It took a while, but of course things have you know are are winding down in Iraq. Winding down. <laughs> now people that aren't dressed as American soldiers can kill each other, and we're all over in Afghanistan. Oh, I tell you, I I, I am I am really really upset with Barack Obama. Okay. You oh, know, I'm a big fan. I know you're a big fan. A big is, fan this of, is big news. This, this is, big is news, but I've yeah. got to ream him a new perspective. All right, okay. All right. Look, I know Barack inherited the war in Afghanistan. He didn't start it. He didn't lie and get us into Iraq or anything like that. Yes, he got there. All right, fine. And it's, and he can't wind it down overnight. I understand that, right? Even if that's his intent. But he is sponsoring state terrorism, using these drones, right, to kill people who look like militants, who act like guerrillas, to, to drone them, to rocket them from drones, you know, be, f- using, using guys sitting in refrigerated trailers in Arizona and Las Vegas. That is state terrorism. He knows about it, and he's got to stop it. He's, he's a man of exquisite sensibilities. Why he is letting this go, I don't know. Perhaps, like Bill Clinton, he's a man who has had no military experience and therefore is cowed by his military advisors, particularly the ones that are wearing all the fruit salad when they walk in to tell him what's happening. Right. You know, he also doesn't have a lot of background in the intelligence community. So I think it's difficult for him to figure out who's telling who the truth. I mean, it's not like George Bush Sr., who was head of the CIA, knew it was all lies, knew how to deal with it. But here he is, man. I tell you, Barack Obama, you've got to think about this again. You know, this is putting you in the W category, man. It's it's state terror. We are the terrorists in this case. It's easy to turn that around. And the reason that we are doing this is the same reason that me lie happened and the same reason that the Vietnamese were <clears throat> made into uh, short yellow people in black uniform, in black uh, 
clothing or right? pajamas, black pajamas. <clears throat> yeah, right? let's really get it right. As, the as if they're as if they're going to like uh, win the war and then go to sleep. Yeah, or just to have wake up to win war well, and then wake go up, back to sleep. Wake up, win war, go back to sleep. Yeah. yeah.